Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the End Time Tribune, covering breaking news and current events as it pertains to Bible prophecy. In effect, anxiously awaiting the return of Christ the King.
Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the End Time Tribune for this Trumpocalypse episode. Lord have mercy. Brian, let's uh, get your opinion on just exactly what's been transpiring this week. And, and you know what? More importantly, let's, let's, let's predicate your statements here. I stated publicly before the presidential election, this POTUS would become nothing more than the POTUS that King Saul was. Brian, your thoughts? Oh boy, my thoughts. Well, let's see. How is the fastest way to get yourself um, into the fake news filter on Google? Stand up against what the current administration has planned. And, you know, it's ironic. Within hours of the uh, infamous last election, what happened? Oh, we got hit by that filter. And that's the gist of it. Folks, how long have I warned about the fact of um, you better keep an eye on this uh, administration, this president specifically, concerning his actions towards Israel and where this is leading. It's just it, it blows my mind that you go out and look at the um, the hot topics as everybody's having their little discussions all over varying either social networks or comments on different articles so on and so forth, how blind some of these that are in the um, that side of the equation that just are following what the right is doing and yet they can't see what's right in front of their eyes. I mean, we have as we speak so many things playing out in broad daylight. The very things I have warned about over and over again you know, we had billions of arms deals were signed with all the Gulf nations when he was in the Middle East. This week, it's announced there's another uh, mega arms deal that has to do with artillery off the top of my head with Saudi Arabia. Well, Mohammed bin Salman is here. And, you know, this really even kind of adds into another twofold form of treachery because, and I'm glad that um, the Israel Times caught it. And pointed this out to people that this has been going on since the 60s. Okay, Ben Solomon, over here in the United States, doing what he's doing, trying to convince everybody that he's this great reformer and, you know, so on and so forth. Folks, everybody that's been watching Saudi Arabia has been watching it since the time that all of a sudden... Mohammed bin Salman came into the news, they knew already that you're dealing with another very treacherous dealer as well. And this is, this is verifiable. All of this information you can find in two seconds. So this, this infamous statement by Mohammed bin Salman concerning Israel this week, folks, this is, like I said, this has been going on for a while. Crown Prince is stating the exact same thing. This means absolutely nothing. 
the right wing's treachery has been documented beyond any shadow of a doubt since the formation of Israel as a nation. But unfortunately, going much farther back even, including at the timing of the Balfour Declaration. And, you know, to further amplify this, for instance, was the uh, photograph that was caught yesterday in the Gaza protests where there's two Palestinian flags flying, and in the middle they have a swastika. Now, most people might not understand what that means unless they've done their historical research and work and understand the Grand Mufti and Palestine, the House of Saud's connections with Nazi Germany, with the uh, British intelligence establishment, which was sort of set up behind the radar, so they weren't full well aware of what was happening, but they were set in place for one reason alone. Once again, to stop the Jewish people from coming into Israel, from the moments before the Balfour Declaration, from the Balfour Declaration, and forward. On top of it, we had our administrations do what? Okay, very early on, there's an infamous tale about Roosevelt and his meeting with the kings of Saudi Arabia. Goes out in a little boat in the ocean. Well, it's sort of laid the groundwork for the relationship between the United States and Saudi Arabia. This statement by Ben Salman. Look, folks, we have so many treacherous dealers at play right now. It is utterly ridiculous. And Trump is no different. His statements concerning what has just transpired with pulling the United States out of Syria, claiming, let me rephrase that or not. Because matter of fact, I'm not going to rephrase it. He's claiming that Islamic State has been completely cleared up in Syria, but on top of it, the infamous Islamic State is no longer doing anything. They're no longer a threat when all over the rest of the world on the ground reports are stating the very opposite thing. As Islamic State is all of a sudden, once again, posing a major threat, and yet you watch the conversations of the um, cult of 45 is, I think, one of the best ways I've heard it stated. They all run around repeating that Islamic State has been completely wiped out. I scratch my head going, what? People. It's come into the media's attention again that we have companies that are completely buying out all the media and pushing right-wing propaganda. Okay, this is on a scale much, much broader than everybody can understand. You might want to start looking into this because if you don't understand the implications of what just happened here with Donald Trump's announcement on pulling troops out of Syria, look, I've been following this for several months about the buildup that is happening in the Golan Heights and even the line going towards Lebanon where there's been reports of Shiite buildup with the Iranian forces, with Hezbollah, the things that are going on with this current Assad regime and the tensions that are building with Israel, they are encroaching their borders. 
and then vice versa, Israel is trying to push further up to stop this. And in the midst of all this, Trump stands up in the middle of a rally and says, we're going to pull out of Syria. Folks, I have warned and warned and warned. Do not be deceived by everything that's being done here. He is going to betray them, just like every other right-wing administration has done in the United States since the founding of Israel as a nation. And he's done it. This week, phone call between Trump and Netanyahu gets heated. There's yelling, all kinds of uh, things going on. Okay, everybody, you all thought that when he declared Jerusalem to be the capital of Israel and that he was moving the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem was a good thing. Oh, there was only one reason this was done. And all this little canaries and puppets whispering in his ear in the background in his evangelical council, um, the Christian Zionist organizations, all the rest of these. Folks, do you understand the mentality of a crusader from the Crusades? We take Israel, otherwise Jesus is not going to come back. This is the mindset that's at play as we speak. And we've seen rumblings at Alaska over the course of the last week that's pushing towards this very pivot point. Now look, people... You need to stop watching Western news and start looking at everything that's going on in the world, especially surrounding this major circumstance here in Israel. This is on the cusp of just getting at lightning speed. This administration in the United States can no longer be trusted. Not to even mention the fact, like I was pointing out, does not everybody understand the exact reasoning for making that announcement? Now, it would be nice to think that this had everything to do with peace, but it doesn't. This had everything to do with what happened from the very moment that announcement was made, coming up into what we're seeing with the Gaza protests and moving forward. The entire intent, just like, how did Noam Chomsky put it last year? You see, as he stated, he goes, no, people, you don't understand This administration is the most dangerous thing that has ever come upon the face of the earth because their sole intent is to bring about the world's destruction. I don't know, everybody. If you've been looking around, just, you know, example, the markets. Everybody's full well aware that it's Donald Trump's policies that are causing the stock market and markets worldwide to collapse. Every time he states something, boom, another great big hit happens. You know, they still run around talking about the Russian collusion, even though it's now at the forefront and center, what happened with Cambridge Analytica, the Mercers, which were who? Well, Breitbart News, Bannon, and it's pretty much common knowledge now of what Bannon is. People were mad as fire at me for pointing out that they're, quote unquote, well, they want to call them populists to confuse you. No, they are nationalists. That's what they are, and everybody knows this now. This is like basically verifiable fact. Sorry, that's the way it is. 
we have that connection. But guess what? They find another connection in the mix this week. We should have seen it all along. Oh, yes, there's another infamous brat prince that's always been in this mix. Eric Prince. They found the connection to Frontier Services Group, which is his um, new version of Blackwater that's out in China while he lives in the midst of, on top of it, one of the Arabian nations. Eric Prince is all tied up in this as well. And yet today, what do we have happen? The United States releases sanctions against all the major oligarchs that are connected into Putin. Oh, my gosh, people. That's giving it back over. Well, that's an understatement. Really? Ladies and gentlemen, let's let the rubber hit the roads. This is Newsweek. Okay. The headline was how ISIS got weapons from the U.S. and used them to take Iraq and Syria. Now, 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 ladies and gentlemen, this is how the article started out. The Islamic State militant group ISIS got its hands on vast supplies of weapons by taking advantage of U.S. weapons transfers that might have violated international agreements between Washington and its allies, according to a new report. Really? Uh, let's take a look at this headline. Uh, U.S. arms sales explode, giving more weapons for wars in the Middle East. Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. This headline, arms imports to Middle East jump 103% in five years. Ladies and gentlemen, new study finds regional conflicts triggered sharp rise in global arms trade between 2013 and 2017. U.S. exports grow significantly during that time. Well, I would imagine because the Middle East accounted for 32% of all arms imports worldwide. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm uh, I'm just reading from the headlines and the articles. That's all I'm doing. Now, ladies and gentlemen, you know, let's read Samuel's warning to the children of Israel about Saul. And Samuel told all these words of the Lord unto the people to ask him for a king. And he said, This is the manner of the king that shall reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them for himself, for his chariots, and to be his horsemen. And some shall run before his chariots. He will appoint him captains over thousands and captains over fifties. And he will set them to ear his guard, to reap his harvest, and to make his instruments of war and instruments of his chariots. And he will take your daughters 
ladies and gentlemen. I think it was only the End Time Tribune that was alarmed at all that they passed this new law that nobody talked about that, well, now they can draft your daughters. But I know the end result of after Saul give his diatribe to the people, warning them. This is what they said. Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. And they said, nay, but we will have a king over us that we also may be like all the nations and that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. And Samuel heard all the words of the people and he rehearsed them in the ears of the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, hearken unto their voice and make them a king. And Samuel said to the men of Israel, go, ye every man, into his city. You know, ladies and gentlemen, the only thing you should be concerned about is a tribulation trigger. So the only thing you should be concerned about, what causes that? What makes the Lord your God get up and come have a look-see? Now look. Things are just being pushed in all the right directions, aren't they? Ah, yes. Everybody was so happy that the embassy was being announced to move for the 70th anniversary. Everybody was happy about it, not knowing that it did actually nothing except tick off all of Israel's enemies. That's what it did. Now, of course, Netanyahu was mad. I mean, I just read... Multiple headlines, actually multiple countries, because they also used information from BBC. So this is common knowledge that we armed all those rebels, and then we signed billions upon billions of dollars worth of weapons deals to Arabs. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if you think that Saudi Arabia is pro-Israel, you have a mental condition, and you seriously need to go be evaluated. They're always twisting you and always turning your mind to think that Saudi Arabia is our allies. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're really getting caught up in the court system right now with… Survivors of 9-11 suing the Saudi – ladies and gentlemen, it's common knowledge. It's common knowledge. The Saudi government was responsible for 9-11. That's, that's actually common knowledge. Egyptians – Arab, ladies and gentlemen, the Middle East… There's nothing more 
and a division between Arab and Israeli. And everything is, is, is heating up. And everybody's playing right into the hands of the treacherous. Right into their hands. Now, it was right here on the Entertainment Tribune that Brian and I always shared with you the news articles as it progressed as we bombed hospitals. I mean, the last major event was we bombed a school. That was us. Ladies and gentlemen, this is common knowledge. You can just check your timelines. ISIS rose and rose and rose until the Russians showed up. That's, that's, that's a historical fact. It's a historical fact that we are responsible for the rest. Ladies and gentlemen, everything the Israeli government is doing is actually anti-Israeli people. Well, exactly the same thing is going on here. That's beside the point. It's just that most Americans don't have the wherewithal to know it. I mean… Why were these sacrifices permitted flanking the Temple Mount? Uh, there wasn't as an Israeli citizen that wanted that to happen. That was just a provocation, and everybody knew it. Everybody knew what was going to happen at this uh, March of return. Everybody knew that Quid's force was. Oh, by the way, you know the Iranian special forces called Quid's force. Brian and I did a whole broadcast on it. Just so you know, that means Jerusalem force. That's that's what it means. Anyway, the only thing this was providing for was for all the governments to send all their agents and let me define that. For you, Muslim Brotherhood, Al Qaeda, ISIS. You see, those are all funded by by nations, just different ones. You see, the Arabs that fight against the other Arab groups, it's only because well, they either have their root as Iran or their root as Saudi Arabia. It's just Americans are too stupid to figure that out. Okay, but they're all showing up. For this march of return. And, you know, the fake news we got here recently, um, you know, <laughs> announcing that people stormed the, you know, Israeli citizens stormed the Temple Mount. No, nobody was going to storm nothing with a solid hundred Israeli snipers. Nobody was going to storm anything. Certainly not the Israeli citizens. They, they've had enough of war. 
They don't want to provoke anybody. And that's all this kleptocracy is absolutely determined to do. Now, what really gets my attention is, you know, the Jordanian government coming out and saying, we've got problems. Somebody needs to do something. Nobody listening to them. Oh, we're going to get this show on the road sooner or later. You know, ladies and gentlemen, consider this, that the Israeli government could have always shut down all embassies across their country and demanded their embassies be in Jerusalem. You didn't figure that out for yourself. Oh, for Pete's sakes, ladies and gentlemen. Where's all your embassies located? I'll tell you. Wherever your government wants. Duh. This is the thing, ladies and gentlemen. You are going to see a Palestinian American embassy in Jerusalem. At that point, they're going to have to divide it, aren't they? Just <laughs> nobody has the wherewithal to see it coming. Except he who sitteth upon the throne. Now he sees it coming. Now, absolutely amazing. But I did say publicly before this election that the Lord thy God was going to take the POTUS you elect and shove him down your throat, just like God did with King Saul and, his, and the children of Israel. That's what he did. But you know, keep on rooting for him. You know, with the last POTUS, we were pretty safe, actually. You were actually pretty safe and secure with the last POTUS. This one? <laughs> I wonder how that trade war is going to work out for you. I mean, I get a kick. Well, maybe I ought to let my words be few because… I know a whole lot more about the infrastructure than anybody would care me to know. But this is going to get real. It's going to go up in a blaze of glory. And when the time comes, <laughs> all the weapons being fired at the Israeli people are going to have been supplied by Mundus Nothus. 
You know, the the gears are just getting put into place as we speak. See, time has been blueprinted, ladies and gentlemen, and the Lord your God is, well, he's going off his own blueprint and making the gears before he sets it in motion. That's what he's doing. That was always his intention. And, well, he's getting these gears. As we speak, he's polishing them, getting ready to set them in place. As the East now has their own oil exchange, they've already got their transportation system lined out, their trade route, completely exclusive from Mundus Novus, the new world. She who is surrounded by many what she whose geographical equity equals one third of this planet's surface. So now all these little countries don't have to worry about all these sanctions because now they have a way to circumvent any sanctions made on them by the West. They'll just jump on the one belt, one road, get everything they need, be able to pay for their things, exchange things in the East. You know, home is where the heart is. I find it amazing that uh, Mr. Prince has taken up a residency in the Arab nation. I wonder which one he picked. <laughs> Whatever you think this is, it's not good. It's going to come crashing down around you. Now, I could read from a whole lot more scriptures that just expand upon this and expand upon it and expand upon it. No real need to, though. But... We've got real things that we need to prepare for. As far as the kleptocracy is concerned, I really pay it no attention. I know what it's doing because it's doing what it does. It's just right now, it's working out to my advantage because I don't give a flying rip about my retirement. I don't even think I can spell retirement, but redemption? Oh, Lord have mercy. I know the jot and tittle all about that. And I can tell you all about it in all the important languages. <laughs> But, ladies and gentlemen, you need to take a step back from your emotions 
Get the bullhorn away from your mouth. Put down your bullhorn. You've been used to promote POTUS and pick up a Bible, God's holy word. You know, Brian mentioned some things that's absolute fiction people are believing, absolute fiction. But when he stands up, he who sitteth upon the throne, oh, you're going to straighten up and listen. And he's no respecter of persons. He don't give one flying rip about what's come out of your mouth. He really don't care. He's going to look at what you've done. You know, I hope you realize that all of you have been misled thinking you're going to be snatched away. But I'm going to tell you what's really going to happen. The Lord your God's going to grab you by the nape of the neck. And then you're going to know I'm just telling you what he himself has said. Then you'll know. There won't be a single question on your lips. So, Brian, what has been transpiring over there in this march of return so far because when you look at the news you get all kinds of of contradictions uh do we have an actual real itemization as who has been killed and or injured yet because every time i look i get 20 different answers all depending on what news source i look at so what have you found out about the actual numbers and what is actually going on in this March of Return protest? Actual numbers, really? You're going to try to make me have actual numbers. Uh, good luck with that. You're getting reports coming from both sides that are not going to give you an accurate full-blown representation here yet um the the numbers that were stated yesterday for yesterday's uh protest they marked it around 20,000 people had showed up at the Gaza Strip you have numbers listed off the top of my head around the 800 mark that are claimed injuries today they're stating either six have been killed or seven have been killed it depends on what story you look at, which source. Okay, folks, we're dealing with two streams of information here, everybody. You need to understand that quick. This is why I warned about last week before people start jumping to conclusions. You better be paying close attention to the evidence. I watched it from the moment all the reports started and you see, I keep strange American hours, but then again, maybe it's because I'm not living in the right part of the world. Meh, just could be me. 
But I'm awake during prime time when the sun comes up in Israel and forward. I was sitting here constantly refreshing every single thing I could get my hands on to find out every little detail of what was going on. There were several live streams that were being filmed on both sides. But you see, the IDF got much they thought this through a lot better this time around as far as making certain that people had no questions about what was really going on because they decided to include their drone footage, which it was a little hard to go, well, that's all fake because, well, folks, here's what happened. Throughout the week, Palestinians in the Gaza Strip were calling for everybody to get a hold of tires. There were funds being given out, people going around buying them from this place, that place, the other place, so on and so forth. They gathered, who knows what the number is, a lot. They lit them on fire. And the smoke, obviously, from those tires was rather overwhelming, not to even mention the impact that will have on people's health, upon the environment. We can go in that direction for ages. But nonetheless, you could see exact telltale markers in the drone footage as they show you what's really going on. And yet we have people jumping to conclusions, either taking one side or the other, and at the same time making matters worse, they obviously have not been paying attention to their um, corporately government Backed, created media in the United States because if you've been watching all the uh, sources on the ground throughout these very nations, for instance, let's say Turkey, as they had an ex-leader of Hamas out in Turkey last week. Well, why Turkey? I'll explain that later. As he states, pretty much in broad daylight, what their intents are. Okay, and folks, the sole intent of what the Palestinians plan to do with this march is to take over the entire landmass. They have threatened directly that they are going to expel the Jewish people from Israel or to even break it down the Israelis. Because as I kind of stated last week, when you say the word Jew, you are saying Judah, Benjamin, Levi. And we've had other tribes come home. Massive stories have come to the forefront in the media about the tribe of Manasseh who was in India has come home. And on top of it, we know that Ephraim is tied in with the Pakhtun tribes that are between Pakistan and Afghanistan. They are one of the specific tribes there. Have they come home? No. That's a much deeper topic, you might want to look at who they are. Because that does sort of draw into something that Matthew mentioned that I'm going to clear up with a little more clarity in a bit. But we also have new developments going on as far as what's going on here with the uh, Fatah or the PLO, as most people commonly know them. If you don't understand that PLO and the Fatah are one and the same thing. You're going to read some of these stories and get very confused. Okay, everybody, you need to understand something real quick here. 
there has been a rift between the PLO, Fatah, since I believe it was in 2007 that Hamas seized the Gaza Strip, have been fighting back and forth and back and forth amongst themselves. The embargoes and everything else that was put in place on the Gaza Strip was not instituted by the nation of Israel. No, it was instituted by Muhammad Abbas. I believe that's his first name. I might have made a mistake there. Nonetheless, the leader of the PLL was the one that set all of this in motion that's turned, caused this economic turmoil. Now, actions of Israel, I'm not going to sit there and state that they've made things any better with what's going on there. But once again, we go back to the previous statement I had made last week. This is one complex circumstance. But in the midst of this, PLO has been having meetings in, of all places, Turkey. You've had Hamas leaders, Fatah. Leaders are now trying to have talks, negotiations in Turkey because, well, look, CC, it, pretty much now everybody's starting to realize that, well, the new leader of Egypt, he's kind of a little bit, how do you put this, crooked. 97% is what he won this election by, but it's pretty easy to do when there's no other candidate. Kind of reminds me of somebody else's last election. So, of course, he won it. But nonetheless, you had, I believe it was two members of Fatah, PLO, that were in Gaza Strip not too far back that there was an assassination attempt on by what they linked to Hamas. Something else important to point out here. Hamas and the factions, there's at least bare minimum three. I'd say there's probably a little bit more than that. But they're directly connected to the Muslim Brotherhood as well. And I've talked about the fact that Erdogan, it is pretty much common knowledge in the Middle East, Erdogan is also connected to the Muslim Brotherhood. And folks, even attempting to tackle the topic of the Muslim Brotherhood alone is not as simple as everybody has tried to make it out to be in your right-wing propaganda. Um, I'll give a recommendation. There's a little book called A Mosque in Munich. You might want to look into it. It gives a lot more details, and you can find in a lot of places about the Muslim Brotherhood. And that little mosque in Munich where both attacks on the United States were planned from, including September 11th. You have a lot of factors in there that go into extreme depth about the Muslim Brotherhood. The dealings with a secondary in charge, but he ended up kind of being the major kingpin, and the Eisenhower administration, things going on there in Germany. This is, once again, I can't, there's no way to paraphrase this. If you don't read the book, then you're not going to understand but we have had, our administration had been backing them since pretty far back. They rose up basically somewhere around the 50s. That was the time that in Germany, they were trying to get this mosque solidified into place. 
basic man that was behind it was one of the uh, people that was sort of behind the fact of bringing the Muslim population in to World War II in the first place and bringing them in siding with Nazi Germany. He was a historian on Central Asia, areas around Russia, uh, to give you the drip. By the time when the United States is over in the midst with their jealous Henry Kissinger, oh yeah, Henry Kissinger was working under Dulles, as they were bringing in the Nazi war criminals to fight communism, you see, because as it was sort of explained, well, America has this uh, policy that definitely you can see going into full swing in the late 40s and early 50s, but it really goes being way before that. Nonetheless, they have this, this policy of the enemy of my enemy is my friend. That never turns out well, folks. I mean, to sort of throw that in there as summing up what we've been seeing with these connections to very terrorist organizations, to a degree, kind of gives you a little bit of perspective. Now, Saudi Arabia... September 11th, it's a little bit more complicated than that. Matter of fact, it is far more complicated than that. Okay, their Wahhabism, did that have a direct connection to the extremism? Yes. Did did Osama bin Laden, was he from Saudi Arabia? Of course, his father owns a massive construction company there, and that's exactly what bin Laden also pretty much built Osama bin Laden. Okay, but there's all kinds of details in here that, look, I've looked so deeply into so many things going on with what happened on September 11th. I've stated this before, and I'm just going to be blunt. These atypical conspiracists that have run around all these years saying this, that, and the other thing, To say that they don't have a clue is an understatement because it is far more complex. And if you get start getting to the fine details, you're going to start realizing some things you're not going to like. This is not as simple as Bush Sr. planned all this as a false flag. No, 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 no. Wake up. If you don't know your history of What I just mentioned, for instance, concerning going back to the 50s, that mosque, going back further to World War I, World War II, tracing all this forward to 1979 with the Afghanistan-Russian War, the Mujahideen. Every little tiny detail, because there's a billion of them that fall into this. You might want to step back and check yourself because what is being stated as opposed to what the reality is actually turning out to be, these conspiracists, like, um, as I always call him, Propaganda Jones, I mean, has everybody forgotten the fact that he admitted openly to the world because he had to during his divorce proceedings that everything he was doing was an act, it was a lie? And yet how many people are still pushing play over on his nice little, um, well, here, I'll give it a new name. Miss Infowars. 
and yet everybody runs around puppeting the same thing. Same thing's happening with another infamous news network because, well, they all share talking points. Okay, people? This is not a simple circumstance. Islamic State, for instance. You know, it was a big, great one. Everybody running around and started to repeat. Even people that were colleagues of ours that we did several programs with over the years started pulling the same stunts. That Obama and Clinton created Islamic State. Oh my gosh, give me a break. People, do you understand what blowback is? Because the entirety of what we are seeing Throughout the extremism, and I'm not saying as far as the Islamic, as far as the Muslim people are concerned. No, we're talking about something different. Okay, we're talking about the extremists. Because, you see, there's extremists in every camp. Folks, you didn't realize that there's literally Christian extremists. Hey, take a look into the numbers of uh, Islamic terror in the United States as opposed to domestic terror that ties back to right-wing militia groups, vast majority of them who call themselves Christians. Okay, you need to draw the line. You don't do what these idiots have been doing as they run around stating that I've seen the vast majority of people on the right wing pulling this stunt as they all jumped on board. People posting websites, they don't check any of the information whatsoever which ends up being debunked in three seconds. But then you go to the comment sections, and what are they stating? Kill all Muslims. And you, you people think I'm joking? I would advise looking into it. Yes, we have people on American soil calling for the genocide of, and it's not just one race, it's multiple people. And at the same time, they've convinced themselves that they're Christians. Give me a break. Islamic State. Okay, folks, this incarnation was not the first one. I'd advise looking into that history. Why did this one happen? Well, gee, they locked them all up in a prison while they were illegally occupying Iraq. This is no longer up for debate. And what's ironic and frightening is some polls were done just here recently, and about 50%, if not more, of the population doesn't even know this or realize this. They don't even know where Iraq is on a map. They don't even know why we're there or were there. And yet they still think the United States was just in what they did to Iraq when there was no connection whatsoever to Al-Qaeda. But You know, nobody ever talks about this. You see, they stated it was Al-Qaeda that did this thing. Everybody, look, and you'll take two seconds to verify what I'm about to say. Why were all those pilots Muslim Brotherhood? Haven't you asked that question yet? I thought this was all Al-Qaeda. Those pilots. See? Again, They were all Muslim Brotherhood. Why does nobody talk about that? 
their planning started in that mosque in Munich, which is in Germany. Okay, we got connections going back to the Eisenhower administration. We move forward. The connections of the Mujahideen that were used during the Russian-Afghanistan war. That was being funded and paid for by the United States. The money was being funneled through several different banks. Throughout the Middle East, some of that funding was going through Saudi Arabia. Some of it was going elsewhere. But then when you roll the clock around, Amwar Sadat brought up last week about peace treaties and assassinations. Amwar Sadat is the famous uh, Egyptian leader that was involved with what? The Camp David Accords. The Muslim Brotherhood executed him publicly, and it was on film. The blind imam that magically shows up in the United States in a mosque in New York is on these films, not to even mention several other members. What were they doing here in a mosque in New York? Somebody in our governing body put them here. And their security clearance went so high that the FBI agent investigating this was not even able to get to the bottom of it. You see, the FBI knew what was about to go down. Analysts in the CIA as well that knew what was about to go down. Spread this out to the other agencies. But the whole problem was is they kept running into bureaucratic brick walls. CIA was most... They had things going on that weren't all together great. And unfortunately... Hulu has just uh, started up a um, dramatized version of it called The Looming Tower, but I can't recommend anybody to watch it. Because if you don't know the stuff I'm talking about, you're going to watch that program. You're going to be like, what in the world is going on? They're not bringing in the factors that need to be brought up. And they turned it into, well, I mean, of course, you have to have bedroom scenes every once in a while because otherwise you can't keep much of the populace's attention. 90% of it's nonsense. About 10% is substance. But the substance is not painting the picture that it needs to paint. You're not going to understand this stuff if you don't look into it. Now, I made mention of something earlier. And I'm going to sort of reamplify this. I've stated time and time again about source material. Now, folks, if you want to understand what's been going on with the right wing and what they've been doing to Israel, the book's name is The Secret War Against the Jews, How Western Espionage Betrayed the Jewish People. Now, this is written by John Loftus, and I'll explain who he is in two seconds. And he has another author that's from, I believe, Australia off the top of my head, Mark Ahrens as well, that co-writes this with him. Now, Who is John Loftus? Well, you pull this up into a search engine, you're going to get to pick between a few different uh, John Loftuses, but a Wikipedia article is sitting right in broad daylight. Now, I really don't like Wikipedia anymore. It's gotten bad over the years, but this still gets to the point. Who is this uh, person, John Loftus? John Joseph Loftus, an American author, former U.S. government prosecutor, 
and former Army intelligence officer. A top Justice Department official, Loftus has held the highest security clearance in the United States and was exposed to some of the most classified national security programs and secrets at the Pentagon. He is the president of the Intelligence Summit and president of the Florida Holocaust Museum in St. Petersburg. Loftus also serves on the Board of Advisors to Public Information Research. Loftus is an author of numerous books on the CIA Nazi connection, including The Belarus Secret and The Secret War Against the Jews, both of which have extensive material on the Bush-Rockefeller Nazi connection. Okay, um, like, again, like why I stated I don't really care for uh, Wikipedia, extensive information on the book Bush-Rockefeller Nazi connection. No, it doesn't. And you buy this if you haven't read it. So th- this is just proof positive of why I don't like Wikipedia. But yes, okay, he was brought in under the Carter administration. Because Carter is going, why are there Nazis all over the United States? Nazi war criminals. He brought him in, gave him the highest security clearance to start doing investigations. What he turned up, good grief. And America's Nazi secret has just, uh, you see, because there is a security clearance issue. After you've been working in the intelligence agencies, they can censor you for a set period of time. Well, that censoring period is done. He's got a new version of it out there. I'd strongly advise at least read the introduction and what follows at the end. Okay, folks. When I talk about sources, these are the kind of sources I use. Use conspiracists. I don't use garbage. If you want to know what I'm talking about, go out and buy that book. 672 pages. You won't be able to put it down. I'll just let you know that now. But that's just it. Gaza Strip. The problem is, uh, it's one of many problems that we have right now. And last week, we were only dealing with Friday. I'm not certain that this week it stops. Why it stopped throughout the week? Last week is, well, obviously Saturday moved into some certain areas. They had a day morning, so on and so forth. But basically during the week, most of these people are trying to work so they can put food on the table. Yes, the situation in Gaza is terrible. It's a humanitarian crisis it's a nightmare. Most of the people are trying to put food on the table, so there's not the protest going on during the week. But as far as Saturday, Sunday goes, I don't know. So I'm going to be sort of still on high-duty alert, continually refreshing things all throughout the week and to see what's going to happen next. That's the whole thing. We have too many fronts concerning Israel. Story out there from the nation.com. Israel and Hezbollah are girding for war, and the next round could be horrific. This is by Salum Anderson, released on April 5th of 2018. Find this article. This person uh, is on the ground. 
been out in Lebanon and Syria. Just been bringing in what's being stated there. This will give you a very uh, in-depth understanding of how dangerous things are about to get up by the Golan Heights, the King of the North, the Cedars of Lebanon. And we've sort of been getting little messages throughout the week. It's interesting when and a lot of the American media didn't even go to the point of trying to change. If you translate from Arabic to English, it's going to spell the word for tire as T-Y-R-E. Tear. It's important. And we haven't even talked about the three times that the Assyrian has showed his hand this week. I know we're running into break, and I'm seeing a notification on my Skype, which means I probably should hand the mic back over. Oh, shoot. Where is my... My mute button disappeared. That's all right, Brian. Well, for break this week, um, I think we're going to cover... Well, let's just be direct to the point, shall we? We're going to cover what is in your Strong's is H7280, which is also 81 and 82. They just put their jots and tittles on it to confuse you. That is an anagram, of course, H1605. Now, the curious thing about that is three magical verses all in a row. Isaiah 54.7 has H7280. And 9 has H1605. But you have to be able to see it. You have to be able to no, it's there. I'll read them for you. For a small moment I have forsaken thee, but with great mercies I will gather thee. In a little wrath I hid my face from thee for a moment, but with everlasting kindness I will have mercy on thee, saith the Lord, thy Redeemer. And then all of a sudden the Lord just switches it up with verse 9. He's got to make sure you can see what you need to see, even though that's obviously not in English, but I'll read it. For this is as the waters of Noah unto me. Amen, Lord. Amen. For I have sworn that the waters of Noah would no more go over the earth. So I have sworn that I would not be wroth with thee, nor rebuke thee. Now, ladies and gentlemen, just so you know, there's no way what the Lord just talked about has ever happened. I mean, we just – Brian just was talking about the Nazis and the Holocaust. Uh, so I assure you – well, you'd actually be, be kind of – Slow, if you thought that this prophecy had already been fulfilled by the Lord your God. But anyway, with that in mind, that's going to be the contents of this break. We're just going to listen to three separate chapters that contain these words. 
We'll be right back in exactly nine minutes. You are listening to the End Time Tribune. Psalm 30. I will extol thee, O Lord, for thou hast lifted me up and hast not made my foes to rejoice over me. O Lord my God, I cried unto thee, and thou hast healed me. O Lord, thou hast brought up my soul from the grave. Thou hast kept me alive, that I should not go down to the pit. Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. For his anger endureth but a moment, in his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. And in my prosperity I said, I shall never be moved. Lord, by thy favor thou hast made my mountain to stand strong. Thou didst hide thy face, and I was troubled. I cried to thee, O Lord, and unto the Lord I made supplication. What profit is there in my blood when I go down to the pit? Shall the dust praise thee? Shall it declare thy truth? Hear, O Lord, and have mercy upon me. Lord, be thou my helper. Thou hast turned for me my mourning into dancing. Thou hast put off my sackcloth and girded me with gladness, to the end that my glory may sing praise to thee and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give thanks unto thee forever. Isaiah 26 In that day shall this song be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. Salvation will God appoint for walls and bulwarks. Open ye the gates, that the righteous nation, which keepeth the truth, may enter in. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. For he bringeth down them that dwell on high, the lofty city, he layeth it low, he layeth it low, even to the ground, he bringeth it, even to the dust. The foot shall tread it down, even the feet of the poor, and the steps of the needy. The way of the just is uprightness, thou most upright dost weigh the path of the just. Yea, in the way of thy judgments, O Lord, have we waited for thee. The desire of our soul is to thy name and to the remembrance of thee. With my soul have I desired thee in the night, yea, with my spirit within me will I seek thee early. For when thy judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. Let favor be shown to the wicked, yet will he not learn righteousness. In the land of uprightness will he deal unjustly and will not behold the majesty of the Lord. Lord, when thy hand is lifted up, they will not see, but they shall see, and be ashamed for their envy at the people, yea, the fire of thine enemies shall devour them. Lord, thou wilt ordain peace for us, for thou also hast wrought all our works in us. O Lord our God, other lords beside thee have had dominion over us, but by thee only will we make mention of thy name. They are dead, they shall not live, they are deceased, they shall not rise. 
Therefore hast thou visited and destroyed them and made all their memory to perish. Thou hast increased the nation, O Lord. Thou hast increased the nation. Thou art glorified. Thou hast removed it far unto all the ends of the earth. Lord, in trouble have they visited thee. They poured out a prayer when thy chastening was upon them. Like as a woman with child that draweth near the time of her delivery is in pain and crieth out in her pangs. So have we been in thy sight, O Lord. We have been with child, we have been in pain, we have, as it were, brought forth wind. We have not wrought any deliverance in the earth, neither have the inhabitants of the world fallen. Thy dead men shall live, together with my dead body shall they arise. Awake and sing, ye that dwell in dust, for thy dew is as the dew of herbs, and the earth shall cast out the dead. Come, my people. Enter thou into thy chambers, and shut thy doors about thee. Hide thyself, as it were for a little moment, until the indignation be overpassed. For behold, the Lord cometh out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. The earth also shall disclose her blood, and shall no more cover her slain. Isaiah 54 Sing, O barren, thou that didst not bear. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, thou that didst not prevail with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. Enlarge the place of thy tent, and let them stretch forth the curtains of thine habitations. Spare not, lengthen thy cords, and strengthen thy stakes. For thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left, and thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles, and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. Fear not, for thou shalt not be ashamed, neither be thou confounded, for thou shalt not be put to shame, for thou shalt forget the shame of thy youth, and shalt not remember the reproach of thy widowhood any more. For thy Maker is thine husband, the Lord of hosts is his name, and thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. The God of the whole earth shall he be called. For the Lord hath called thee as a woman forsaken and grieved in spirit, and a wife of youth, when thou wast refused, saith thy God. For a small moment have I forsaken thee, but with great mercies will I gather thee. In a little wrath I hid my face from thee for a moment, but with everlasting kindness will I have mercy on thee, saith the Lord thy Redeemer. For this is as the waters of Noah unto me. For as I have sworn that the waters of Noah should no more go over the earth, so have I sworn that I would not be wroth with thee, nor rebuke thee. For the mountains shall depart, and the hills be removed. But my kindness shall not depart from thee, neither shall the covenant of my peace be removed, saith the Lord that hath mercy on thee. O thou afflicted, tossed with tempest, and not comforted, behold, I will lay thy stones with fair colors, and lay thy foundations with sapphires, and I will make thy windows of agates, and thy gates of carbuncles, and all thy borders of pleasant stones. And all thy children shall be taught of the Lord, 
and great shall be the peace of thy children. In righteousness shalt thou be established. Thou shalt be far from oppression, for thou shalt not fear, and from terror, for it shall not come near thee. Behold, they shall surely gather together, but not by me. Whosoever shall gather together against thee shall fall for thy sake. Behold, I have created the smith that bloweth the coals in the fire, and that bringeth forth an instrument for his work, and I have created the waster to destroy. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the In Time Tribune. Good stuff. Psalms 30, Isaiah 26 and 54. Ah, yes, a little while. Small moment. A wink of time. That's where this is all going, by the way. (laughs) Hopefully... I hope it is. Brian? You know, what's your thoughts on why everybody is thinking kind of the wrong things? It's amazing to me that, you know, listening that, I mean, I heard everything the Lord said. I mean, as I was going through it, I was remembering some verses in Hebrew and some in Greek, just marveling after it. I know exactly what he said and what he meant in those three chapters. And it's amazing how those three chapters are never discussed by by Bible prophecy experts. It, It amazes me how, and I don't have a relative clue as to where they're going, and by relative, I mean... Relative as location, it, it it amazes me. You know, I brought everybody's attention to three simple verses in Isaiah 54. Amazing. Brian, your, your thoughts on what you've been seeing everybody else cover uh, that covers, well... Prophetic news events, I guess. What seems to be their take on everything? What's their point of view as opposed to ours, I guess? Well, well, the recent, at least here in the United States, you see it's a fresh, a fresh air when you come across, for instance, other people in other parts of the world that are pretty on topic. But the United States... Well, just turn on your local TV news stations or your cable news stations. Listen to them. Go over and listen to their talking points because that's what they're talking about. Nonsense. Things that are not relevant to anything concerning Bible prophecy. 
You know, now there there were some interesting little things when I went to look at last night because you know, folks, um, they use the tires with the smoke, find the snipers, but they also were getting mirrors and laser pointers to do the same thing. You know, and it was rather interesting. My little look into the Hebrew words for mirror and the Greek words. Got a whole lot to say. One of those chapters that talks about these watchmen in this day, exactly what they're going to do, and they're doing it just like the Bible said they would. I'll do a little study on that. I believe there's about three Hebrew words, two or three Greek. I would look into that. Even the capricious children come up in this topic. And that's kind of where we sit, because I looked, I witnessed it. You know, it was the infamous day that was announced. James Dobson, he came forward. He's James Dobson. Oh, yeah, bought and paid for by Eric Krantz. Yes, you can verify that. The something or another, I can't remember the exact name that, but when he came forward and announced Donald Trump is a Christian, I knew exactly where this was going immediately. I knew what was going to happen with this next election. Played out exactly as I knew it would. Okay, that's all, you know, that's all said and done. That's all fine. But what may matters even worse is what I watched. All of our fellow colleagues out there and non-colleagues, all the other infamous watchmen, all of a sudden they started using their platforms to push theocratic, dominionist agenda and started all publicly backing Trump, telling people to vote for him all the way on down the line. So what do I see them talking about? Look, folks, they haven't stopped. They're still doing the same thing. And they're trying to convince you that these little tiny things that are happening here in the United States somehow is like the big portion. Well, here, look, folks, prophetically speaking, here is what matters. We were warned what was going to happen in these days, especially as the um, little markers in father to son, grandfather, father, son, as we move forward. Uh, I found out there's about anywhere between a five to ten year increment where things really begin to spiral out of control. Matthew and I are about the same age. We jump that forward about ten years. Well, as you move forward, as the children born along those little markers, you're going to see something. When did things get really bad? It was the moment the internet came into place. Really, things began to spin out of control. Got these people now in their mid thirties. You got watch the things that they're stating. You're gonna notice something. They all just repeat anything that's said from either one side of the bias or the other side of the bias. And they have no idea what's really going on, let alone what's important. I mean, I, I just I had to shake my head as I'm watching, you know, Dan Rather came out and said a very profound statement this week about the draconian measures that are taking place. 
in our media in the United States. But it was the comments that were made. See, some things happened with Dan Rather back at the time that George Bush Jr. was running the president. They had some documents that were handed to him that to this day nobody even knows for certain if they were fake or not. But there's a lot more that goes into that. And I think to be to a degree, I don't know. It doesn't look too good, no matter what. I got me a suspicion, though, that rather his side of the story might be an important thing to hear. I made it a movie on it, but it was the responses that started coming up to people as they were responding through Twitter. All your, um, especially on the right wing, as they make somebody brought up what was going on, for instance, with Islamic State about the fact that everybody knows that there's a resurgence all throughout the Middle East and things are getting pretty bad, like, for instance, Sinai through the uh, Pakistan-Afghanistan corridors and all kinds of other places. But here's what these people said. No, Islamic State is gone. What? And the reason they repeated that is because that's what this administration told them, even though they haven't looked at the facts being reported on the ground. And this is where we get into the, you know, the infamous repeat. So what are these watchmen covering? I, well, look, we talked about this for years. I love the, the great illustration Matthew did up years back. What are you watchmen watching? Is it's got this guy sitting in a chair, a nice old gas mask on, staring at the TV. We've seen this problem forever. I mean, every time the Super Bowl rolls around, you're going to get 100, 100 different websites that all of a sudden all these infamous self-proclaimed watchmen talk about the Illuminati agenda of the Super Bowl. Oh, my gosh. You really have convinced yourself that all of these things are somehow important. Even though, look, spend a little time in your history books. The Illuminati. That's classic. What do the rest of them talk about? The New World Order. Hey, guys, let me explain something to you all. The first part of that, the first two words told you everything you needed to know. Where is the New World? Well, I would be the entire American continent, wouldn't it? South America, North America, and even throwing Canada for good measure. Okay, but who's instituting, quote-unquote, the New World? And they put the order on the end of it. Okay, folks, have you not understood that when George Bush Sr. stood up and said that, what he was telling the world is, hey, guess what? We're going to rule over the entire world by force. And we're going to do whatever it is we need to do to keep that order. Hence, our little trade wars, the sanctions now that have been thrown on oligarchs in Russia. We can keep going here. Oh, but look, we told you for how long where this is headed. Man, oh, man. I can't even think how far back. I mean, even in the mid-90s, there'd be discussion amongst us. 
my friends that I used to, you know, we used to actually sit around and look at each other face to face at one point in time. We didn't think our friends were a hundred thousand people. We've never even encountered on the internet, on our social network. You know, we actually used to get together and sit around every weekend and house, everybody talk. We would bring up Russia, you know, and a lot of people are like, Oh, you know, and I'm like, nah, you don't understand. They're, they're still a giant. And someday they're going to come bursting out the door and the whole world's going to realize it. That's exactly what happened the moment they came storming into Syria. A lot of people thought that China was going to be rolled over. Now they're starting to realize that this ain't good. But, you know, to further amplify, let's see, what are our watchmen doing? That infamous article that, Matthew, you sent me this morning, which was classic. WND, because apparently now this is real news, attempts, and very poorly, mind you, to debunk the story about what's happening here at Alaska Mosque. So, it was, it was a very terrible attempt. It was almost laughable when you go through and read it. Because actually, you know what? I went through and checked all the sources. But it was even more, how do you say it? Pronounced as I'm doing my refresh continually on the browser to bring the new stories through, and about I'd say about 10 to 12 times later as I do the refresh, boom! Right from Jordan's actual .gov website, government condemns Israel violations against Alaska. The government condemned the ongoing Israeli violations against the Alaska Mosque, Al Harim Al Sharif and allowing extremists into the courtyard of the Alaska Mosque on a daily basis under the protection of the Israeli police. State Minister for Media Affairs and Government Spokesman Mohammed Momani, in a statement, added that the Jewish religious days have unfortunately become occasions for increasing tension at Al-Harim al-Sharif, violating the sanctity of the holy sites and a provocation to Muslims. These acts, the minister added, violate all international norms and charters that emphasize the need to respect places of worship for all religions and violate Israel's obligations as the occupying power. Momani stressed the need to immediately stop such provocative measures, preserve the historical status, and respect Jordanian role towards holy sites in East Jerusalem, which was recognized by the peace treaty between the two countries. Folks, Jordan is the custodians of the Alaska Mosque. They are in charge, according to what? It just stated right there, the treaty between the two countries. Why have the Hashemite kings of Jordan been put into this position? Hashemite kings claim to be descended from Muhammad's grandfather. And there's all kinds of other nice little historical documentation that goes into this. Hashemite kings were going to be set up in Iraq. They were moved to Jordan. They were moved right to where they were supposed to be. So, you know, whomever it was over at WND, nice attempt to try to divert people away from what's really happening, because when you have the government of Jordan come out and make a proclamation like this, 
they're not making this off of quote-unquote fake news. You don't think that they don't have people on the ground that are reporting back to them to tell them what's happening? You know, here was this question that Matthew asked me is, what do you think is going to be the flashpoint that makes this all explode? I brought up what they're doing in Al-Aqsa. That was just what the sacrifice that happened last week. But knowing that we need to watch this very thing, something we covered in depth in the program we did last year about what was happening then. You see, at first we got a hold of videos and we couldn't confirm it, but then he went over to the Temple Institute's YouTube page right there in broad daylight. They have the video showing them breaking into Alaska Mosque. So, so much for, you know, couldn't really sweep that under the rug no more. This was serious. Judah Glick and many of these others in tandem with people that are associated with the Christian Zionist organizations here in the United States. Hey, there's been these sacrifices that have been taking place in various places for the last couple of years. If you weren't paying attention, it slipped completely under the radar, like it did for us. I didn't even know about this until I stumbled on the reports of what was happening last year. And here we sit again. Okay, you already have multiple Islamic nations now calling for the destruction of Israel in this last week alone. Of course, Turkey, Erdogan, not even going to go into that. Out of control. Ayatollah Khomeini made a big statement this week, same thing. Hamas leaders, same statements. This is happening all over the place. We have big meetings that have happened throughout the week here with the leaders of Russia and Iran in Turkey, as they laid ground for a nuclear power plant that is also being built with Russia in Turkey. Now, just in the last day or so, they, I believe it was Jerusalem Post off the top of my head, released an in-depth article concerning the bombing of the uh, nuclear site in Syria. Okay, we've had Iranian, we've had Israeli jets painting Iranian targets. F-35s, this was released last week. I'm not going to go into the depths of what's happening here with Iran. Way more complex than the West wants you to believe. But that just, that kind of goes back around to what we were talking about before, treacherous dealers. Because, you know, folks, and it was, it's almost amplified in a show that's fiction that kind of resembles everything we've been seeing in the world for I don't know how many years now. You have leaders go out of their way to try to bring peace in a certain situation. But what's the point when the next administration can just come along and erase it immediately? And this is the whole thing with, for instance, North Korea. What does this tell the rest of the world? You know, how about we can bomb Iraq into oblivion, but we're not going to pay for it. We can go over there and also hit all kinds of civilian targets and various forms of infrastructure throughout Syria, but we're going to withhold the money because this Tillerson study is going to bring forward the 200, I believe, million. You know what happened? Trump nixed it. 
got rid of it. But it turns out that um, Tillerson's statements on Syria is what got him fired now. Now it's finally coming out in the open of what really happened. And it has everything to do with Syria. The very thing that was the beginning topic in the title of the show. This week, just a few days ago, Netanyahu and Trump are heard. People in their administrations yelling at each other. Now, folks, I, I, I have certain views on Netanyahu, but I think that's kind of beside the point because I don't see all bad concerning him. There's one thing he does stand for. And that's keeping that nation safe. And our administration just crossed the line. Yet I wonder how many of the watchmen that I uh, was asked about earlier, how many of them are even talking about any of this. I'm going to hand it back over to you. Well, you know what, let's... Ladies and gentlemen, what should I talk about? You know what? Uh, I've been sitting here looking over the purchase orders for the F-35 that came through in 2006, and I just got through telling everybody that's when the sanctions occurred against Venezuela. It was 2006, but the Lord's just pulling me in a different direction. Let's, let's talk about how Isaiah 54 finishes up. I'll read from the KJV, which is absolutely incorrect. They're not wanting you to see something, but let me uh, finish this up, starting with verse 15. Behold, they shall surely gather together, but not by me. Whosoever shall gather against thee shall fall for thy sake. Behold, I have created the smith. Now, now, wait a minute. Let me switch over to the Hebrew. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's not Smith. See, the KJV is, that's lying. Because this is a direct reference to Zechariah and his craftsmen. That's craftsmen in Hebrew. But anyway. Behold, I have created the craftsmen that bloweth the coals in the fire. That bringeth forth an instrument for his work. I have created the waster to destroy. Now, that verse seems to be kind of out of place to me. Last verse. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. So obviously these verses have never happened. This is obviously talking about the great day of he who sitteth upon the throne. But take note that verse 16, that's a, and that might as well be almost a direct, Quote in reference to Zachariah's craftsman. That's what he was saying. 
And of course, that's what he meant. He didn't mean anything else. But that verse being right there, well, that actually... Ladies and gentlemen, if you go back over this entire chapter, you'll realize that this is what you're waiting for, actually. This is all in reference to the great day of he who sitteth upon the throne. And actually, he kind of said that. So, knowing the craftsman he's talking about, you should expect full well to this be after the craftsmen have ran their course, which is the first seal, the second seal, the third seal, and the fourth seal, actually. That's when they ride their course, but take note <clears throat> that the uh, craftsmen, for some strange reason, were uh, stoking the coals of some fire. And this would be significant because it would bring forth an instrument for his work. Now, me, I see all these things are coinciding with, well, weather events, actually. Um, I have some strange things going on, uh, especially in the weather. How? Uh, well, we just got the report that um, a massive percentage. Actually, let me just go ahead and read this straight from the Denver Post. Colorado's mountain snowpack shrinks to 66% of normal. Feds sound drought alarm. Now, it's just kind of crazy that same exact week, an April snowstorm covers parts of Saudi Arabia in white. I mean, this is all just a footnote in the simple fact that is everybody aware that the interstellar wind no long blows from Sagittarius's arrow? Matter of fact, it's not even on that side of the ecliptic. It's gone north of the ecliptic. By the way, speaking about coals being stoked in a fire, is everybody aware that for years now, Every time there's an earthquake, the geologists get a little bit more worried because of the simple fact that there's reverberations proving that one side of the core is crystallizing. Well, anyway, I'm sure that none of what I just stated is neither here nor there. But the contents of what has been covered tonight put you in clear and present danger, actually. Now, 
you all might want to take a little time to do a biblical word study on those words that I made mention of before the break because they directly pertain to you. And you need to know that what you're waiting for is detailed in Isaiah chapter 54. That, that's what you're waiting on. None of those things has ever been fulfilled. You're a liar if you say that. You're lying if you say that. Uh, because let's just talk about verse 17. That's never happened. Now, I know you all have been convinced that Israel means something else, but look at it in Hebrew. It quite literally means whom God has straightened. You know, ladies and gentlemen, You really need to take a read of Isaiah 54 and try believing it this time when you read it. And go off that little bit of information that I gave you about verse 16. Uh, that is direct reference to, well, this verse, because I don't need to look at it in English. I don't care about the KJV or anything else. Zechariah, chapter 1, verse 20. Then the Lord showed me four craftsmen. Yeah, that's, that's what it states. I don't care that the King James Bible uses smith. That's incorrect, and they knew it, actually. And I don't show favoritism. The New American Standard Bible says what? No, last thing on earth it's going to say is craftsman. It says smith. So... Y'all need to come to grips with reality because that's got nothing to do with cunningly devised fables. Got nothing to do with that whatsoever. I mean, the Lord, when you read it, he tells you exactly what he's going to do with you. And you are not, I repeat, you are not going to heaven. You ain't. You can hang that thought up out to dry. You just need to get that out of your wardrobe. I mean, by all means, um, download the break and just, just listen to the break we provided this week. Study those three chapters. It'll tell you exactly what the Lord your God intends to do, and illicitly what he intends to do with you, actually. So, uh, I cannot impress that enough upon you. You need to come to grips, just, just for that one chapter, just... Just Isaiah 54, because it's never happened. Those people that taught you that were lying. Okay, because if this chapter had come true, 
the Holocaust would have never occurred. Okay? The Inquisition would have never have happened. If those verses be true, and you think that they are about Christians, what happened in Syria to all the Assyrian Christians would not have happened. So you need to realize this. If that's what you're saying, you're lying. And you're actually making God quite angry by calling him a liar. And if you think he don't know it, you've you've got some mental problems. Because if you think what happened to the Jews in the Holocaust or what happened to the Assyrian Christians that were assaulted, okay, by uh, these terrorists that have been armed by the United States, you're you're treading on dangerous ground because God didn't think that was funny. So you need to read Isaiah chapter 54. And know in your heart, if you say anything different, you're lying in a dangerous way. Dangerous way. So, God stated a whole bunch of promises there that uh, when this event happens, there's no way you're ever going to be in any danger anymore. Uh, you know, you need to take that to the bank. Never happened. It's never happened. Oh, but it's going to. Make no mistakes about it. He's going to put them gears right in place, right set to his blueprint. He don't care what the books on your bookshelf say. He don't give a flying rip what they say. So, down to eight minutes. Brian, your thoughts on that? Uh, or any other mm-hmm. things you'd like to cover? Oh, there's a big thing I'd like to cover. As a matter of fact, you touched on part of it. Now, folks, we had last week, let's see here, we've had three little Markers that point only to the Assyrian and even Assyria itself. We had the uh, hidden one in this relation to this uh, statue that was a imitation of the original one that was destroyed in Assyria or in Iraq by ISIS that was built in London last week, called the hidden one, I believe. Nonetheless, that was a direct reference to Psalm 83 and what it states concerning the Assyrian. And especially what it states concerning him being the hand, the hidden hand, behind the sons of Lot. Who is the sons of Lot? There's a reason that Jordan has a place called Amman. Okay, enough said there. Also... This week, we had a story released. Again, I believe it was Jerusalem Post that had brought this one out. 
the Assyrian Christians are coming home in Mosul, which is Nineveh, folks, celebrating Passover. They have a move that is entitled Rise Nineveh. Folks, we have talked about this so many times. Jesus told us directly that Nineveh would rise up in that day in judgment. Because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. Rise Nineveh is what they called it. Everybody, you need to understand something because we were doing programs on video, which I have all of them and is going to be made available to the rest of the archive, which I do have now posted on the right-hand side of my website. You can get a link to the archive of every program that Matthew has done and all the rest of those programs as well with other people and all the ones that I've done with him on top of it. It's it's a marvel. Thank the Lord for death. But look, folks, you need to understand what happened in Mosul the day Islamic State rose up there. We've talked about ISIS as a direct fulfillment because it states forces, which is plural. That was one set of the forces from him that will arise. The multiple programs you can find in that archive. We're going to extreme detail about this. It's the very day that Nineveh, Nineveh had just been given money from the government in Iraq. And it was declared a governing body. The Nineveh government was formed that day, and all of a sudden, boom, Islamic State rose up that exact day and started taking all the regions around Mosul. Okay, there were other major details that we've covered explicitly as they happened concerning all of what was going on in Nineveh. We had the Syrian Christians letting us know things that were happening on the ground. We even have one of the videos we did back in 2012 where they were contacting us in real time. Okay, so folks, that was a major marker of utmost importance right there. But then something to make matters even more. How do we put this? Our attention was really being drawn to something. Now, here's what happened. Let me pull it over here to the uh, story itself. And you're kidding me. Okay. This is from Heretz. This came out April 4th. Israeli, Israeli websites hacked with Jerusalem is the capital of Palestine. Homepage. Municipal sites of Israeli cities, Kafar Sabah, Reza Eliot, Akko were hacked and replaced with photos of Friday's clashes at the Gaza border. Now, folks, you need to pay attention to something here, though. Okay, because these are not the uh, the common tongue in Israel and the Palestinians is not English. And they have in Arabic a statement referring to the martyrs. What it states in English is Jerusalem is the capital of Palestine. Then the next sentence, the falcon, 
was here. But pay attention because this is important. The person that did this under somebody's orders spelled the falcon like this. T-H and then a three. No spaces in there. Took me a while to catch on because immediately when I saw the falcon, I knew exactly what that was referring to. Now, to give you an indication, we'll just bring up a little tiny amount here, for instance. Now, these are the ones that are going to show up if you just do an atypical standard English search, but it's a little more to it than that. But, of course, they've translated this word to falcon, Leviticus 11, verse 14, and the kite and the falcon in its kite. That word for falcon there is H-344. Deuteronomy 14, verse 13, and the red kite, the falcon, and the kite in their kites. Again, H-344. Same definition for Job 28, verse 7. The path no bird of prey knows, nor has the falcon's eye caught sight of it. But there's also other Hebrew words, for instance. H-1772, where this shows up as vulture in Isaiah 34, verse 15. And this translation... The tree snake will make its nest and lay eggs there, and it will hatch and gather them under its protection. Yes, the hawks will be gathered there, every one with its kind. Just one moment, that window decided to go to the background. Let me bring that back up again. Let's see here. What other definitions do we have in here? These are out of the Browns driver. H344. Ayah, a hawk, a falcon, a kite. H-345, Ejah, or Ejah, Falcon, a horite son of Zibion, father of Rispas, Saul's concubine. H-5322, next. Definition, blossom, an unclean bird of prey, hawk or falcon, perhaps an extinct bird, exact meaning unknown. And that pretty much covers those definitions. Now, why did I know this was a reference to the Assyrian? Well, folks, all I did was just, uh, you know, I've known this for a long time, but you always have to have a little bit of a second witness. Did the little typing in of Asher, the national god of Assyria, as it states here, and then put Falcon, boom. Well, you're going to be brought to over here where I found it was sacredtext.com. Asher, the national god of Assyria, which is chapter 14 from Myths of Babylonia and Assyria by Donald A. McKenzie, written in 1915. All right, folks, everybody. The symbols of Asher, for instance, writing on a winged disc. Our Mazda which is Asher. Compare the two. You can overlay them on top of one another. It's Asher. Always has been. Go over to Egyptian mythology. Well, of course, you know, Osiris, that's the Greek terminology that we were brought along. But you realize that that Greek word is actually the same word. It is Asher. And just as David Roll has explained in extreme detail, 
about where the people that settled in Egypt came from down there by that seaport that they just discovered in Iraq that I talked about last Friday. Yes, folks, this is now verifiable. Nonetheless, he even brings it up in here. Okay, Osiris is Asher. The people that showed up in Egypt, they came there as worshipers of Asher. So he goes on to explain, okay, when you get the falcon and the winged disc, well, Osiris and his son Horus are manifestations of one another. One represents night, one represents day. Osiris represents the underworld. We go on and on and on here. But if you want to get real quick understanding of it, just a little uh, chapter 14 that you can really find from sacreddexttext.com. I would advise giving this a read. It'll fill you in real quick. Okay, now you understand why I knew that warning was important. But, folks, why was that in English? Oh, boy, folks, if you don't understand that that was also a direct threat against the United States, against our current commander-in-chief, it's exactly what it was. So what did that have to do with what I brought up with how the falcon was spelled? The three, or TH3. I had to ponder this for a while. I'm going, what's being encoded here? Are we looking at Thessalonians 3, 1 Thessalonians 3, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3? And then I sat and thought about it some more. Pulled up good old Google Translate, typed in TH, and at first, you know, I'm trying to go, well, maybe this is an alphanumeric. But then it hit me. Type it in. The actual word is opposed to the number, TH3. Well, we have a total number of matched verses for that, which is exactly three. And this word basically is, well, it's a variant of three. I believe this is the one right here. Let me read the, uh, yes. It's H76, or excuse me, I'm sorry about that, H7969. And let's see here, uh, primitive number three, occasionally ordinal, third, or multiplicative, thrice, so on and so forth. Everybody get the idea. Or Brown's Driver Briggs, which is my favorite dictionary, at least for Hebrew at times, is three triad, three, three hundred, third. You, you get the idea. So, but here's the thing. That spelling for TH and three only shows up three times, and it only shows up those three times in one chapter in the Bible. First Chronicles 11. Shows up here in First Chronicles 11, verse 20. And Abishai, the brother of Joab, he was the chief of the three. For lifting his spear against 300, he slew them and had a name among the three. Then we have it again in 11, verse 21. Of the three, he was more honorable than the two. For he was their captain, albeit he attained not to the first three. First Chronicles 11, verse 25. Behold, he was honorable among the thirty, but attained not to the first three. And David set him over his guard. Folks, this is uh, referring to two different I would advise going in and looking at this. 
and then looking at the two people referred to. This is three times now in the last few days that we have seen, over the course of last week actually, that we've seen direct correlations between Nineveh and Syria, and then all of a sudden this very strange thing shows up on these websites in Israel. When you can take that word TH3 and all of a sudden you end up a Hebrew word that only shows up three times in one chapter. Get Matthew's take on that. Let him elaborate even more. Well, Brian, I don't think uh, I've ever chose to speak publicly about the verses you just covered, which is obviously a reference to uh, well, Brian, the Lord our God does love his shadows and silhouettes. And it is a perfect representation of a little one that rose up. Looking at this article, ladies and gentlemen, Jerusalem Post, Rise Nineveh. Lord have mercy. Thousands of Christians celebrated the Assyrian New Year in northern Iraq over the last several days. The celebrations coincided with Easter and brought together groups of Assyrian Christian activists who are seeking to rekindle the flame of their community from the ravages of ISIS. Leader of the group said this, There's a lot of meaning to rise, Nineveh. It reminds us of Jonah of the Bible. Ah, yes. Rise, Nineveh. You know, take note that um, I'm not going to read all of it, but uh, I'll read one quote from the Lord Jesus Christ. The men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation, and it shall condemn it because they repented not at the preaching Jonas. And behold, a greater than Jonas is here. Ladies and gentlemen, you don't. These Assyrian Christians know full well who armed Ias. The wife of Osiris, by the way. Brian just told you about Osiris. Amen. The leader goes on in this article and says that uh, the recent wars in Iraq have left behind destruction... But that Jews, Christians, and Muslims are bound together through Abraham, who was from the ancient city of Ur and was now Iraq, the Assyrian Empire, once ruled the areas around Mosul, and prophets such as Jonah, Nahum, and Daniel played a pivotal role in the spiritual landscape of this region.
They flied 6,768 lanterns over the ruins of the ancient city of Nineveh. One for each year of the Assyrian calendar. Eventually, that was scaled down to a thousand lanterns. And her group pulled this difficult journey to Mosul, not far from where Isis sleeper cells still operate, to usher in the new year. She says it was filled with hope and healing for all of Iraq, especially for us Assyrians. Well, at least I know what the Lord's Axe was doing on Easter. You know, ladies and gentlemen, those these very people are going to rise up and bear witness against who supplied ISIS with arms. Mm-mm-mm. says here that the people are sick and tired of business as usual. This is the same across Iraq among the Kurds and Arabs I, I met. They want to see revival. They want new blood. Well, well Matthew, I... I do need to interject this, too, especially when we've got what's going on with Mohammed bin Salman being in the United States. Because what is the next verse in that? The Queen of the South shall rise up. That's, folks, that's Yemen. Well, well okay, Brian. started bombing Yemen, and Saudi Arabia is the instrument which is doing this. Brian interrupted me before I could say what just came out of his mouth. And that's why Brian has repeatedly covered news about what's going on in Yemen. I mean, oh my goodness, don't you realize that Christ was being chronologically correct first verse was in reference to a city. Oh my goodness. Surely you're not that slow. The first verse was in reference to a city. The second verse is in reference to a country. That's exactly how it happened in real time on the ground. But nobody listened. Well, we're at the very end. We're down two seconds now, Brian. Uh, give out your websites and contact information, and we shall sign this off. Well, you've got a matter of seconds to do so. 
find me at Overt Attention on Twitter. Thanks for joining us. God bless you.